Hello, everyone, and welcome to NEPA Sports Stories. My name is Matt Buffano, and I'm the host of this podcast where we interview all sorts of notable figures from the world of Northeast Pennsylvania athletics. This is episode 33, and my guest today is Matt Watherspoon, a Crestwood High School graduate whose baseball career ultimately led to the top level of them all, Major League Baseball. Matt and I talked all about his playing career as the right-handed pitcher through 189 games and 461 and one-thirds innings in the minors, 60 games and 326 and two-thirds innings in NCAA Division I, and two games and four and two-thirds unforgettable innings with the Baltimore Orioles. Among the highlights we discussed was Matt playing for the best minor league baseball team I have ever seen, and I probably will ever see. And we also talked about his time in the show and just, uh, you know, some other inside baseball stuff. It was a great interview. We had a lot of fun, and I'm very thankful that Matt Watherspoon joined me here on NEPA Sports Stories. If you enjoy this episode, if you enjoy our show, please consider subscribing to NEPA Sports Stories wherever you are listening. By subscribing, you'll find a vast and growing library of past episodes, and you'll also be immediately notified when new episodes are released on Mondays. You could also show NEPA Sports Stories some love and support by liking and following our pages on Facebook and Instagram, as well as leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, if you think we deserve the five stars, or you could simply tell a friend about our show and share a link with them. With no further ado, let's get into it. Here's my interview with Matt Watherspoon. Well, Matt Watherspoon, thanks for joining me here on NEPA Sports Stories. How's it going today? Well, thanks for having me. It's going pretty well. Good. Well, before we get into talking about your baseball career, how it started at Crestwood, went through Pitt, and then ultimately the major leagues, first off, I got to ask, what is the status of your baseball career as of this moment? (laughs) I am retired. I am retired, retired, retired. I'm uh, working for uh, Mechanical Advantage, uh, an electrical and mechanical engineering and equipment rep firm. Okay, cool. Well, uh, this time of year, spring training, is there an itch to get back into Uh it? Because it wasn't so long ago that you were firing those 90-mile-an-hour fastballs against major league hitters. There's definitely an itch, and it's funny you say that because I think last year when I didn't get invited to spring training – not that I needed a break or wanted a break, but it was almost like, oh, like I could kind of take a deep breath, right? I started working for, uh, you know, like I said, mechanical advantage. And um, the new role was exciting. I was swamped in work and just just trying to feel my way through my new position. And now, you know, I see games on TV and I see my friends out there and it's, yeah, sure you get an itch. Speaking of the friends, I'm wearing a Yankees shirt right here. I'm a big time <laughs> Yankees fan. You got yep. to play with guys like Clint Frazier, Gary yep. Sanchez, Aaron Judge. Uh, of course, you were a pitcher, so you probably spent more time with the pitchers. But while yep. those guys were here and you were a Northeast Pennsylvania native, yep. you had to have shown them around town, right? Show them a couple uh, cool spots. I did. I did. Uh, I didn't play terribly long with Gary. But I played with Clint for a little while. I played with Aaron Judge, obviously, for 
a good bit. Uh, played with him in Double A a little bit too. But yeah, I know it's uh, you know it's wild seeing all those guys and doing what they're doing on the national stage. It's, it's awesome, and I wish them nothing but the best. But yeah, I tried I tried to uh, push Angelo's pizza on everybody. So I don't know if you've ever had it, but uh, down in Wilkesbury, of course, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know everybody. Everybody uh, knows about it, and then it went uh, went viral this year with uh, Dave Portnoy showing up. So that was pretty cool to see. I'm very good friends. He's actually he's my boss now, but uh, their their uh, their family owns the business. His family owns the business. Oh, cool, cool. Well, some yeah. free advertising for Angelo's here. <laughs> it's all good. Like they need it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're printing money over there. Well, you yeah. know, so now let's kind of get into the start of this whole thing. So, you know, before Crestwood and before Pitt, before you made it to the major leagues, what yeah. set you on the path to becoming a, a really good baseball player? I think first and foremost, my parents, um, you know, that's all I ever wanted to do was play baseball. Right. But they kind of kept me on the straight and narrow, like, Hey, you know, you can want to play baseball all you want, but you got to go to school, get a degree, you know, uh, obviously, like I said, that's what I wanted to do, but they, they pushed me in other aspects of life, not, not just the baseball route, but I, I'm pretty fairly, fairly fortunate that it, it did work out to some extent for me. So when you got to Crestwood, I think, were you an immediate impact player as a freshman? <laughs> I, as a freshman, um, I actually remember a phone conversation with my dad and my high school coach at the time, Mark Madrovsky. Um, Mark decided I worked out with the high school team all spring, right around this time, right? So, uh, yeah, we, you know, I, I worked, worked out with those guys, threw with those guys, and he called my dad and, you know, he said, Well, what do you, you know, I think he asked my dad, What do you think? And my dad said, Hey, you're the coach, right? I don't, you know, I'm not making the calls. And, and at the end of the day, Mark decided to keep me down at the freshman level just so I could pitch on a regular basis, whether that was, you know, I, I don't even remember what it was back in high school, but whether it was every fifth day, every seventh day, you know, whatever, whatever it was, I was kept on a regular schedule and uh, not underutilized, not overutilized. And I'm thankful for that every day. Through uh, now, I actually I was playing baseball at Wyoming area uh, at the time you were at Crestwood. I'm pretty sure I might have hit off you once or twice. I'm sure you struck me out. I was like a 170 hitter on the varsity. But this was a time when you had you at Crestwood. Yeah. Mike Pappy was coming up at Tunkhannock. Yeah. Uh, Corey Spangenberg, first round pick uh, at Abington Heights. What do you recall about the landscape of high school baseball at that time? Like right now, it seems like it's going crazy right now in terms of the talent, all the different travel leagues. I feel like it wasn't quite there around 2007, 2008, 2009, but what, what was your read on that? Well, I'm going to answer this in two parts. I think I'm going to do you one better. And we had uh, Adam Davis at Hazleton pitch at St. John's while I was there. We had Hunter Englehart pitch for Hartford for a year or two before we transferred to South Carolina Buford. Uh, Mike Healy played on Mike Pappy's team, and he also he played at UConn a little bit. I think Northeastern Pennsylvania gets overlooked when it comes to baseball, but the landscape was totally different back then. And I just had this conversation the other day with somebody just about how much travel ball and, uh, you know, it's just different, right? So when, when I was – when we were playing – 
I don't know about you, but I always played Legion baseball. Mm-hmm. And there was those inner town rivalries, you know, whether it was us Mount Offers Greater Pittston, or, you know, we always got jacked up to play uh, Plymouth. Plymouth always had a great team. And they had Chris Moles, uh, Chris Pollock, um, Ken Durling, just to name a few of the guys. I'm sure there's, you know, tons more guys I'm missing, but, and it, it just seems that travel ball, like that, that, that town versus town rivalry, because you, you also played with those guys. You knew all those guys, um, whether it was the Keystone games, what have you, but, you know, so there was always good bit of trash talking. You were playing for bragging rights, you know, and in this travel ball stuff, you know, I, I want kids to play as much as they can. And that, that's not, don't take what I'm saying the wrong way, but, you know, I, I just think you're just losing a lot of the small town grassroots feeling of what baseball used to be. And, you know, when you go to minor league parks around the country, uh, you know, and it's funny, I, I cherish those times I spent in the big leagues more than anything, right? It wasn't very long, but it was an incredible two weeks of my life. But at the same time, traveling from small town America to small town was, it was awesome. You know, we got to see the country and just, I don't know, to me, it was just Americana at its finest. Small towns coming together to go check out little, you know, single A baseball. I think it was awesome. Yeah. So, you know, the inner workings of a major league baseball team, Mm -hmm. like, if a kid was torn between either playing for a travel team or playing high school on top of doing Legion, you know, the major league teams or the top college scouts, they're going to find the top players pretty much no matter what, wouldn't you say? <laughs> That's what I try to tell everybody. Um, if a kid's throwing 92 with a decent feel to, uh, to spin a breaking ball when he's 16 or 17 years old playing, playing Legion, you know, some, somebody's going to see that kid, right? That's, that's not like, that's not normal for some 17 or 18 year old kid to be hitting 92 with a decent feel for an off speed pitch. I just don't think, and I'm not taking, you know, and it's great. It's great that parents are taking kids and doing this travel ball stuff. It's fun. They're staying in hotels. It's great. Um, But I, you know, I just, if you're good enough, they will find you. Okay, and what was your repertoire of pitches when you were coming through Crestwood compared to when you got to the show? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, That's a good question. And how hard were you throwing, too, back in high school? In high school, I was – first part of that question as far as the repertoire. Um, I was just a fastball, curveball guy. I flipped in a little 12-to-6 curveball, but I I always had a decent feel – um, of spinning a baseball. So I could spin it pretty well. I had a couple of scouts that liked that curveball, uh, thought it could play at the next level, meaning professionally, not even in college. And I threw a little change up, but I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to use my change up. I didn't know who to throw my change up to. Um, that's something I developed, you know, in college and then even more so pro ball. As far as how hard, I mean, sophomore year I made might have been in the 85 to 86 range and I I can't tell you when I made my big jump but it was probably going into my junior year I remember uh Danny Lopez was our recruiting coordinator at the time for Pitt and uh I think I hit 92 in the first or second inning when I was a junior maybe 91 I don't know but I lived when I was a junior probably in that 88 to 91 range 
Um, and then as a senior, probably similar, maybe 89 to 92, but hit 90 more consistently as I got a little bit stronger. College, I was, you know, we got on a weight program, uh, you know, just naturally put some more weight on. I was 90, 93. By the time I was a senior, I was 92, 94. Uh, pro ball, I was, you know, anywhere from 92 to 96 on a good night. Okay. So one of the highlights of your high school career, look this up. It was senior year. Uh, first off, your stats that year, you were 6-0, 1.58 And then in the District 2 Class 3A semifinals, Crestwood 2, Pittston area 1. Mm. Uh, you outdueled Cody Patton, kind of a pitcher's duel there. You threw a complete game, three-hitter, nine strikeouts. Do you remember Sorry, that game? And Sorry to interrupt, but is, was that my junior or senior year? I believe that was your senior year. From okay. what I, I looked up, um, I'll double check it while you're answering here. But, you know, what do you recall about that game? I, I remember it was it was at Piston, correct? It was. Yeah. And it, it was a playoff, like you said. I think that was my I think that was my junior year. It was the year we lost to Abington in the state or the uh, for the district title. But anyhow, I remember uh, I remember that they were loaded um, and we beat them. They had beaten us once previously earlier in the year, and we had beat them once at our place early in the year because I closed the game out. Um, we went up there, and I, you know, I, we all knew if we had, if we, if we won this game, we had a really good chance to make a run. If I remember it was tight all the way through. I think they had a righty named Joe Dorbad that came in late in the game. Uh, I think he walked a couple guys and. We just squeezed one or two. I think we were losing, honestly, maybe in the sixth inning. And I think we squeezed one or two across in the top of the sixth. And I think I was able to shut them shut them out for the next two innings. Yeah, I'm going to have to reprimand the uh, researcher, me, who uh, came up <laughs> with that. Because that was your junior year. And actually, then you came back your senior year. You went 7-1, and 1.68 ERA. You know, when I ask about that game against Pittston, mm. um, which is just a, a great performance in a big time spot, you know, basically I'm just trying to get at some of the favorite memories that you have from playing at Crestwood. You know, what comes to yeah. mind when you think of that? Uh, it's time funny. It, it's actually funny because there's out of all the baseballs I have on now my desk, um, you know, professionally, collegially, the uh, Crestwood two Pittston game, Pittston one is uh, the only the only ball I actually have sitting, you know, on my desk. I don't even wow. have my first. I don't even have my first big league ball sitting here on my desk. Uh, they, you know, they threw out the first one I pitched. I threw up in Toronto, but uh, yeah, I remember that game. Uh, not that there was bad blood, but uh, you know, I think we uh, like to get after it with those guys. You know, they were a good team. They were a good team, and we were we were a better team. You know, and. Uh, we beat them two out of three times that year, and I remember the bus ride home. We had a bunch, you know, bunch of uh, my friends and just all of our friends came up to the game. We're honking the horns as they passed the bus on the way back down 81. You know, it was just good times, good times. That was that one sticks out in my head. When did Pitt come in the picture? And what I find fascinating about that is you're a Penn State fan, and you're you're still a Penn State <laughs> fan. Even after attending Pitt, I love it because I'm a Penn Stater myself. But when did Pitt come into the picture and how did they get you to sign on? 
Yeah, uh, let's see. So I went to a camp. I went to a camp my sophomore year out in Pittsburgh. I guess it was the winter of my sophomore year, maybe earlier in the spring. I had already started throwing. I got up there, threw off the mound a little bit. It was your typical camp. I got up, you know, drove four and a half hours through maybe 20 pitches off a mound and had a conversation with uh, the recruiting coordinator at the time. You know, he said he'd like to see more of me. He ended up showing up for, I remember it was, it was cold. We, we actually might've been playing Wyoming area at our place. I can't remember, but it was early in the season and, uh, he came out and I think that was the first time I'd ever hit 92. And I think they offered me the next day. They offered me the next day and Penn state. It's funny. Cause out of all the schools that were, that were recruiting me, Penn state came on really, really late. Uh, I was really close to signing with Pitt and I felt comfortable with everything that Pitt had to offer. I felt comfortable with our head coach, our recruiting coordinator, who was our top assistant. And, uh, they offered me a really, really great scholarship that I'm still thankful for for this day till this day, and I decided signing with Pitt. Um, <laughs> now Penn State, that's uh, <laughs> I get asked this one quite a bit. So I grew up a diehard Penn State fan. I mean, I I've been going out there every Saturday, not as not for as many Saturdays now. I started to bow hunt a lot more, so that's how a lot of my Saturdays in the fall are spent. But uh, I still make it out for the whiteout game every year. And then I'm, I'm watching at home pretty much, you know, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm, I plan my schedule around every other game from watching at home every other Saturday. Like any good Penn state fan. I mean, I do right. the same thing. I'm sure many of our listeners do too. So, <laughs> you know, talking about your career at Pitt there, uh, career stats, 23 and 15 record 427. ERA 7.19 strikeouts per nine innings pretty good numbers the one thing that I found interesting is you know after your junior year you were drafted by the Tigers 20th round you came back for senior year and I'm sure you got better I'm sure you improved as a player but your standing actually went down in the draft you went in the uh, 34th round sure so uh, by the by the Yankees right or Uh, yeah yeah by by the Yankees Um, so it was a better situation anyway, being drafted by the Yankees, but you know, just what was that experience like, you know, what was going through your head when you were drafted uh, a little bit later? It was, it was nerve wracking because I had gotten drafted the year before the, uh, you know, the thoughts of, well, what if I passed up the year before to finish my education, you know, and I don't get drafted. Those thoughts started swirling and it was the last day of the draft. I, uh, I think Detroit took me on the second day of the draft. Yeah, it was the second day of the draft the year before and uh till the Yankees ended up taking me and yeah what was it the 34th round 34th yeah 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 there's so many right I don't think there's 34 rounds anymore <laughs> there um, might not be yeah a lot yeah. of guys I, you know I should look up who was who else was drafted in the 34th round that year see if anybody else made it to the bigs um <laughs> yeah I, that that's a good trivia question how did you get the news that you were drafted because it's not really like the NFL draft where you're watching on television, where you like just refreshing MLB.com where you taking phone calls. Yeah. They, they call typically they call about a round ahead. Um, they call around ahead and say, we're looking at you here. You know, would you sign? And you know, when you're a senior, you have no leverage money wise, you know, you have no leverage because you can threaten to go back to school. Right. So when the Yankees say we're looking at taking you here in the 34th round, you say, hell yeah, like I'm in, you know, 
that was it. And next thing you know, they drafted me, you know, whatever day it was. And uh, next morning, next morning, I was on a plane to Tampa. And uh, for the record, Brendan McKay that year was drafted in the 34th round as well. But he was coming out of high school, ended up being a first rounder. So you yeah, might have. I, I, the, I He's uh Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, he definitely was. I don't know if yeah. he's still there. Yeah. So did you have a, a chip on your shoulder coming out of that draft? I don't know if I, I don't know if I uh, had a chip on my shoulder, but I definitely never forgot it. I think I wore 34 for a couple of years, um, actually. So yeah, I definitely never forgot it. And that's probably something I'm most proud of that I played in the big leagues being drafted in the 34th round. What was the first team in the minors that you reported to what was the makeup of that team? Who were some of your teammates? What do you recall from that experience? Oh, that's, that was an awesome summer. Um, first get drafted and it's like college summer ball, but now you're getting paid and there's bigger crowds. It's, it's awesome for sure. But uh, as far as some of my teammates, uh, Jordan Montgomery was on that team. So we, we became really close that summer. Hopefully he stays healthy here and, you know, finds himself in the rotation on opening day for the Yanks. Uh, who else? Now, was that Charleston? Nope, that was Staten Island. Oh, Staten Island. Okay. First year was Staten Island, yep. Uh, who else? Mm. Well, let's see. 2014, yeah, the pull team up, leader. Pull up the draft from that year. I think Jacob. we took Jacob Lingren first, but he went, he went straight to Charleston. Okay. Also, Jonathan Holder. Hold, oh yeah, Holder was on. Yep, Holder was on that team. Very good. Joe Harvey, line. who Joe, was yep, a teammate of yours at Pitt, yep. I think. Yep. Um, and, and another great rail rider, Tyro Estrada was one of oh, the top yeah. hitters yeah, yeah, on yeah. that team. He, Tyro was Tyro was uh, Tyro was only about 16 years old that year. He was the youngest kid on our team. He, uh, I think, it was his first year in the states, but he was that good when he was 16. He, I mean, he might have been 17, but honestly, I think he was 16 years old and. Uh, just solid defensively. It took him a couple of years to catch up with the uh, bat, but just solid. When he was playing shortstop behind you, it was hit the ball to him. Fast forwarding uh, one or two years later, when you end up with the Rail Riders and that Rail Riders debut that you made in 2016, you oh. threw two scoreless, hitless innings in relief of mm -hmm. Richard Blyer, who uh, I think was throwing a shutout or one run must've been one run ball because yep. rail riders won 10 to one at Lehigh Valley and yep. the lineup that day for the rail riders featured Donovan <laughs> Solano, Joe. Aaron judge, Gary Sanchez, Nick Swisher. Yep. Um, yep. And, and you were wearing a, a little bit of weight on your shoulders following in Russ Kanzler's footsteps sure. yep. as really the only guy with local ties to play for the rail riders. That first game against Lehigh Valley what do you remember about that? I remember it was cold and it was rainy and absolutely miserable, miserable night. That's, that is what I remember. Yeah. I, and you, but you came out and you threw two scoreless hitless innings, which is that's tough under normal circumstances. Sure. Yeah. I remember I had a really good slider that night. I had a really, really good slider that night. My fastball, Fastball. I remember for how cold it was, I was throwing hard that night and my slider was coming off my fastball. And it was one of those nights where it just feels easy. And when you guys made your way back to music, to PNC field, did your yeah. teammates know that you were from this area? 
they found out if they didn't, they found out very quickly when I spent, uh, you know, better parts of 10, 15 minutes by the uh, uh, pass list every game. <laughs> Uh, no, I think I think most of them knew because um, we had spent. I met up with the team in Buffalo for a day game, I think, because yeah, I remember I got about three hours of sleep before the first uh, AAA game I ever played in up in Buffalo. Then after the game, Buffalo, that's when we headed down to Lehigh Valley, and then from Lehigh, we spent two or three days there. From there, we were back home in Scranton. So by that time, I think everybody. Everybody knew because a lot of the media had come down already to meet up with us in Lehigh Valley, um, wanted to do stories and whatnot. So they knew. And I think your manager that year was Al Padrique, correct? Yes, yes it was. I loved Al Padrique as the Rail Riders manager. I, I, I think things have worked out well with Aaron Boone, but I did kind of seeing how successful Padrique was yeah. down here and seeing the rapport that he had with his players. Yeah. I was pulling for him to at least get an interview with the Yankees. Yeah. Now, what, what kind of a guy was he to play for? I, I think you just said, it. Uh, you know, I think we were all pulling for him to, you know, if they had to get rid of Joe, you know, Hey, that's, that is way above any, when above our heads. But I think, yeah, I, I think if you asked any one of us, who should at least get a shot to be the next manager of the New York Yankees? Yeah, I think Al or Chamo, as we all called him, he would have been number one on our list to uh, hopefully get an interview. He was just everything you could ever ask for in a manager. You always you knew what you were getting with him day in and day out. Uh, you know, he was straight with you, didn't give you the runaround. Just an all-around awesome guy and great baseball mind. I think, you know, that's why it didn't take him very long to find another job in the big leagues. Yeah, immediately got in with the Oakland Athletics yep. uh, uh, coaching staff. And the 2016 Rail Riders season ended in the national championship. You won the Governor's Cup. You won the national championship. Uh, in that national championship, you didn't pitch, but the team won 3-1 to one against El Paso. Uh, yep. Again, some of these names that you hear, it's Jordan Montgomery, yep. Giovanni He's Gallegos, yep. yeah, Clint, Fra yeah, uh, Clint Frazier, Jake Cave, Cal Higashioka, Mike Ford, Chris Parmley, who yep. had a lot of major league time. He was the yep. hero of that game. From a fan's perspective, that seemed like the best Scranton Wilkes-Barre team we've ever had. Well, we had um, a big league roster. It was a big league roster. And it felt like yep. that even at the time for you. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I always, when I talk to people about that team in 2016, what people don't really realize is we had lost a lot of those guys before we made the playoffs mm -hmm. uh you know judge was gone he was in the big leagues gary was in the big leagues um tyler austin tyler austin was in the big leagues probably uh, luis severino and the staff yeah severino was in the big leagues we lost donovan solano to the big leagues who all he ever did was hit and he's still in the big leagues just he just hits i think he's playing he was with san francisco and he was hitting 300 with them for two or three straight years unbelievable hitter um, but what, what I tell people about, about that team, there, there's a game that I think we all knew that we were really, really good. We were playing up in Buffalo. Um, we were down, it was late in the game, not too late, six or seventh inning. Yeah, we were down four or five, maybe even six runs. And top of our order was coming up, you know, Judge, Gary, Tyler Austin, Solano. You know, I don't remember what the lineup was that day. Kate, Jake Cave. But it was just line drive after line drive, laser beam 
laser beams all over the field, homers, and next thing you know, we were winning by two runs going in, going into the bottom of the seventh or bottom of the eighth. It was like ungodly. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And I'm glad at, I was on their team. And yeah, absolutely. And as the pitcher, were you thrown against these guys in you know spring warm-ups? How, how does that work? Yeah, spring training. So in 2016. I was having the spring of my life. I, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know if I gave up a run and uh, getting, it was getting towards the end of the spring. They, they sent me to Miami with the big league club. I, I think it was more of like a reward for like this, for the spring, but as backups, like in spring training, you always in big league spring training, they always send a couple guys over to the big league game, just in case one of their guys doesn't get through an inning and you can throw, you know, it's great, it's great experience to throw an out or two. And maybe even once in a while you get a full inning. So they sent me down to Miami uh, for the two game, two preseason games down there in Miami. You know, I remember A-Rod had a party at his house, you know, barbecue the night we got into town. So that was obviously awesome. (laughs) Food, amazing. Everything was just, it was incredible. You know, play the two games in Miami. I come home, you know, I fly home and, uh, I, I pitched the last day of spring training. We were breaking camp that day. And they, they, put, they put me to start at the last minute. The, I was scheduled to throw three innings that day against our AAA team. Because at that point, everybody's kind of shuffled down into where they're going to break camp. So I was like, well, that's weird. I've been, I've been playing with, you know, this, the high A team, playing uh, with the high A team. That was where I was slated to go in 2016 was high a Tampa. And uh, that day I pitched with Trenton against our triple a lineup, who a lot of those guys you just mentioned, I don't remember what it was. I'm, I, I don't think I gave up a run, but a couple punch outs. I think I walked a guy and, but I noticed, I noticed right before I was starting to throw all of our brass come and watch, you know, they, you just, when you, when you're in it for like, you know, a couple of years, you, you know, when people are watching and uh, I, I just noticed everybody shuffling down right before I started throwing. So I go out, throw well. And after, after uh, I came out, you know, they congratulated me and told me I was going to Trenton. So I essentially skipped high A that year and that's how I ended up there. So yeah, you're throwing against those guys in spring training all the time. I feel bad for Trenton. It just lost its uh, New York Yankees affiliation uh, at the double A level. Rail riders, thankfully got yeah. another 10 years with the Yankees. Yeah. How would you, you've been in a lot of clubhouses over the years. We always read in the paper, see on television players talking about how great music is, how great Scranton Wilkes-Barre is. I mean, there's something behind that, right? It's not just lip service. Yeah, I think as far as the amenities as a player in the ballpark, um, you can't beat it. The the clubhouse in there is the best AAA clubhouse that I've ever been in, you know, home or visitor. It's not even close, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, on the home side, uh, I, I hope he's still there. Uh, Mike Machaco, you know, the home club, he is incredible. The guys he's got working for him are incredible. You know, it's just and, – and all the supporting staff, they make sure that the only thing you have to worry about is going out and performing, right? So, as a player, that's really all you could ask for is to be comfortable and have things taken care of for you that – you know, so, so all – at the end of the day, at 7.05, all, the only thing you want to be worrying about is going out and playing. And I think they do a great job of that. Before we move on to your major league stop, um, 
it's worth mentioning Ben Gamble was on that 2016 team <laughs> and he was right. traded yeah. like right yeah. before the playoffs started, uh, yeah. which was a heartbreaker. And then yeah. the team still goes on to win yeah. it all. Um, yeah, you can run, you can run off all those names we had. And then uh, the lefty out of a bullpen, uh, Phil Coke was on that team. Oh, that's right. He was, yeah. I mean, got pitched in the world series. Played, yeah. You know, so, so then uh, we get into 2017 I think you start the year in the Yankees organization and ultimately make your way to Norfolk. Do I have that right? I, uh, I started in back in Trenton actually in 2017. So that was a little bit of a bummer, but it's one of those things. Sometimes it's out of your control, depending on what the big league, big league club does signing guys in the off season. So like, you know, like I said, players kind of shuffle down as spring training goes on, they kind of shuffle down to where they're slated to start the year. And, you know, the big league, the big league club made some, uh, they, they signed some guys in the off season that can help them, you know, just some depth for their bullpen. And, uh, you know, once they got cut from big league camp, they come down and obviously they're going to start with the triple A team. Um, so I started that year in double A. I think I only spent two weeks in double A, you know, maybe a couple weeks longer before I got called back up to triple A. I was in triple A for, uh, you'd have to look it up week and a half, two weeks. Uh, and yeah, that's when I got traded. Uh, we were in Pawtucket when I got traded. So you spent uh, 2017, the rest of 2017 in Norfolk, 2018, the whole season in Norfolk, yeah. and then 2019, you finally get your shot in yeah. the major leagues. You pitch yeah. uh, two games with the yeah. with the Baltimore Orioles, and you had a couple of strikeouts. Do, do you yeah. remember the guys that you struck out? There were two of them. I do. I do. Domingo Santana and Mac Williamson, was it? Oh, I think you got these confused. Okay. It was Domingo Santana and Austin Nola. That, that's right. Mac Williamson hit a home run off me. He hit a home run off <laughs> me and so did Randall Gritchick. Yeah, uh, I typically remember the homers and strikeouts. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I made sure to look those up. So, you know, just what was the experience of playing for the Baltimore Orioles? Uh, was, I mean – you know, we're, we're, you know, you can, it's, it's hard to put into words when, when uh, your manager calls you in the office and tells you you're going to the big leagues. Like I said, it's, it's, it's hard to put into words, uh, you know, calling and telling your friends and family that have been with you every step of the way through the minors and then getting to tell them that you're finally getting a shot to go, you know, live out your childhood dream and play in the big leagues. You know, not, you know, it's still it, under 20,000 people have ever played in the big leagues. You know, so it's, it's not it's not not a phone call that many people get to get. So I, I definitely cherish that. I've been looking at our camera here. It's fixated on that 71 jersey for the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. Was that a number that was just assigned to you or did you pick that? No. Yeah, that was uh, when I got to Toronto. The 71 was hanging in my locker and uh, I certainly wasn't going to be arguing. So, <laughs> yeah, good. We talked earlier about being drafted in the 34th round, how that drove you. What was the biggest key? Was it a mindset? Was it a work ethic? Was it What was it that took you from the 34th round to playing in the major leagues? To be honest, I think it was a mindset more than anything. I, you know, you can easily get overwhelmed um, when you're around guys – just like when you get to college, when you get to a division one program, you look around, man, these guys are really good. I got to work really, really hard to be on the same level with these guys. Same kind of thing in pro ball. You know, you look around and now, now these guys are not only division one college, now, now they're all the best players from their college teams. And 
I don't want to say like, you know, I looked around, I was like, I can play with these guys. I mean, there was some of that, but I think it was more my mindset on the mound. I, you know, I just wanted to come after guys and challenge hitters. And I think that's one thing that really catapulted me in my career is, I mean, you can pull up the numbers. I'm sure that you know they're sitting there. I didn't walk terribly many guys. You know, I don't, I don't know the exact numbers, but I wanted to come after hitters. Um, sometimes throughout my career, I didn't do a great job of getting them on or out in three pitches or less. I, you know, I racked up some strikeouts around my career, but I, I also didn't walk a ton of guys. Yeah, you struck out 488 guys in 461 and one-thirds innings pitch, so that's more than nine strikeouts per nine innings. I mean, yeah. if you could do that in this day and age, you're doing something yeah. right. And one of the things that this podcast always ties back to is the local roots, Northeast Pennsylvania. Sure. Uh, with all of these interviews, there seems to be a common thread of the hard work that's been instilled yeah. by growing up around here. So yeah. in your own words – what role did Northeast Pennsylvania play in, in your baseball career? Oh, you know, out of all the places I've visited, out of all the places I've traveled to play in, I always wanted to come back here because of the people, right? I, you know, I went to college in Pittsburgh for four years. I played, I got to play for a summer in Charleston, South Carolina, the one, most, one of the most beautiful places on the entire planet, you know, one of the most beautiful cities. But I think it's the hard working mentality people have around here. You know, kids are out shoveling snow. They're, you know, they're, they're working. It's just, it's just the people, the people are what make Northeastern Pennsylvania what it is. And, uh, you know, you know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm starting to build a house right now. So I'm, I'm tied up in that and I'm, I'm not leaving anytime soon. Good, good. Well, I'm glad you're back home. And uh, as far as retiring, uh, from baseball, was that your choice? Where you did you see the writing on the wall? How did that go? Yeah, I, you know, I, it wasn't my choice. I'd, I'd still be playing. Um, but hey, I, you know, I didn't get a job in 2019. My numbers weren't that good in my last year, and I was getting older. And you know, it's a young kids game now. You know, you're seeing guys in the big leagues that are 22, 23, and I didn't have any invites to go to spring training. You know, I got 15 calls from. Uh, I had 15 calls from independent ball teams and a lot of guys go that route and they pitch and they get signed with an affiliated team. But to be honest with you, I just, you know, and, and at the same time, a job opening opened up, you know, I get to work with one of my two best friends. It was just time. It was time. And uh, I couldn't, I couldn't be happier where I'm at right now. You know, you made your mark in yeah. professional baseball. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I, I mean, are there any other guys from Mountaintop? I'm probably showing my ignorance here that made it to the to the major leagues. I don't. I don't believe so. From I the right township area. From I don't think so. So um, you know, it, it's uh, it certainly was a great career. Any idea? Any idea about uh, coaching, training now that uh, you know? How are you giving back uh, to the game? Right now, I think I, you know, I I would like to get into coaching. I would in some capacity. I like to work with pitchers, especially high school arms that are developed a little bit. That's, that's kind of, I, I like to stand behind the mound and watch guys throw. Tweak this, tweak that, get into those nitty gritty details, how to set hitters up, how to use your pitches effect effectively. You know, it's funny because I always say like, I forget so much of like actual playing baseball that I learned when I was in high school, when I was a hitter, whether it be base running, you know, cuts and relays, you know, you can, you can 
I play in the major leagues and you can give me a 50 question quiz about actually playing as far as base running and all that goes. And I don't know if I pass it, you know, cause my whole, the last 10 years, it's been nothing but, you know, ironing out pitching mechanics or those, those sort of details. I bet you at a certain point though, the muscle memory would kick in because yeah. Yeah. those are skills that you got by playing high school sure. and by playing uh, American Legion. As opposed sure. to travel league, travel league, uh, you're not going to see a pitcher play the outfield very often. No, yeah, no, that's you're right. Those those kids are pretty much coming in. They're going to pitch once or twice a weekend. And that's all they're going to do. You're right. Yeah. Well, yep. I I think that that pretty much covers everything, Matt. And last question, I, I'm curious now with baseball season starting up, do you have a favorite team? Do you pull for the Orioles? Do you pull for the Yankees? Uh, what do you like uh, to watch? I pull for my friends. Yeah. I pull for the John Meanses of the world with the Orioles. I pull for the Jordan Montgomerys of the world with the Yankees. Uh, I, I pull for these local guys that are trying to come up and make their mark, whether it be Max Cranick coming up with the Pirates. He's in big league camp right now. Or, um, you know, any, any number of these guys. Uh, you know, Ray, Ray's, Ray Black, one of my good buddies. Tyler Yankoski. You know, I worked out with these guys. I went to pit with Ray for a year. So I, I'm more so looking at how those guys are doing and teams shooting for my buddies it's funny you brought up ray black i because this like literally just came in today a couple of uh autographed ray black cards uh <laughs> <laughs> so i gotta get my hands on that matt Watherspoon rookie though because i it's you and another guy yeah on the me card. And Klein. i got Brandon a couple yeah <laughs> i'm gonna have to get on ebay and get one myself but um <laughs> there you go all right, Matt. Well, I think that that pretty much covers it. Really want to thank you for spending some time with me here tonight. Oh, and uh, yeah, so did I. Glad that you shared some of these memories with us. So thanks again. Appreciate it, Matt. Have a good one. All right, everyone. That's the interview. Thank you for listening. And thanks again to Matt Watherspoon for joining me here on NEPA Sports Stories. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you did too. And if you did, you could please show NEPA Sports Stories some love by sharing our links, by following us on social media, by subscribing to our podcast feed wherever you are listening. If you threw a rating, preferably five stars if you think we earned it, and a review my way, that means a lot. And we will see you next time on NEPA Sports Stories.